Blog Talk Radio. Coming at you live. It is Buzzworthy Radio, where you can get the latest buzz on all your favorite shows and stars. Buzzworthy starts now. Hi, I'm Crystal Chappelle from Guiding Light, and you are watching the brilliant Buzzworthy Radio. Was that too bad? The, the, was yeah. the theme song all right? It didn't. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> okay. I I really thought it was gonna be like it was gonna blare in your ears on the. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. Okay. All right. Well, that's good. All right. Every welcome everybody to uh, to Buzzworthy Radio on this Monday, August tenth, two thousand nine. It is one p.m. Eastern time, ten a.m. Pacific Coast time on BlogTalkRadio.com. As you heard, we are joined already by Ms. Avira Sorrell. And, so you're um, Russo. What did I, I, it, <laughs> it's okay. I'm coming off. I'm coming off my birthday. As you can tell, oh. I'm. As you can tell, I'm not a little bit uh, sober yet. <laughs> if I could put that out there, uh, but I'm I'm sober enough to do the show. But even though I messed up on her last name, that's fine. <laughs> I wanted to say I, I, because I got sidetracked. Because I wanted to say also because. I did not know that this was planned in accordance to his birthday, but one of your fans, and he watched The Guiding Light in the golden era that it was, is listening to the show right now. His name is Matt, and his birthday is today. He turns 38 today, and I would wow. appreciate it if you, get, if you wished him a wonderful happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Matt. Happy birthday to you. Oh, it's uh-huh. great. Oh, <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Thank you. So let 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 me start over and correct it. Elvira Roussel is joining us on the line right now. And uh, let let's describe for everybody who does not know and. Um, and for those of you who do remember the character that you played on The Guiding Light, let, let's talk about that. Let's describe, let's describe Hope Bauer Spaulding, shall we? Well, Hope Bauer Spaulding is, uh, Hope, she was basically Hope Bauer. She's the daughter of Michael Bauer, who was the son of Charita Bauer, uh, who played, I mean, Bert Bauer, played by Charita Bauer. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was the matriarch. She was the original person on the show, brought it from radio to television, and um, I had the great pleasure of the first day of uh, my appearance on Guiding Light having my first scene with her, which was delightful and a wonderful welcome to the show for me. And um, so Hope was like her granddaughter. <clears throat> and then um, uh, she's probably, and then and then Hope had the uh, the child Alan Michael Spalding with Alan Spalding. Mm-hmm. So that would be the fourth generation down from. Uh, Bert Bauer, and um, so it was the main family of the Guiding Light for many years was the Bauer family, and um, yeah. wonderful, wonderful, wonderful woman, Trita Bauer, if I can tribute her, just simply the most wonderful woman, warm, welcoming, a great leader of the cast, great uh, great camaraderie, great, uh, great sense of professionalism, respect, um, it was just simply the golden age of television being on the dining light with her. She was just simply outstanding. So, yes, that was. And uh, so so, so uh, Hope grew up and uh, became an interior decorator. And when she was a young interior decorator, she was uh, hired by her father's nemesis, enemy, yeah. Ellen Spaulding, the bad guy in town, to decorate 
um, a house on an island that he was going to decorate for his then wife. And um, they got into a plane crash, and they were stuck on the island. And um, while they were on the island uh, for a few weeks, uh, they fell in love. And then when they were rescued and brought back, he got a divorce, and then they got married. And the rest is history. <laughs> the rest is history. I, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't born at that time, but everybody who referred um, back to one of their favorite storylines was the plane crash storyline, and I got to see an episode of that, actually. Um, okay. someone actually. Someone actually showed it to me on YouTube. Wow. And I was able to actually watch that storyline, and I thought that was oh, I thought that was absolutely lovely. First, you you know, I never saw Chris Bruno as Alan until those scenes, of course. Mm-hmm. And very I, very sexy, handsome man, very powerful, <laughs> very well, look, very you know, really he did, really. He did seem powerful. Yeah, he was like the yeah. powerful Alan Felding. I mean, yes, very. Yeah, you can't deny that, and you had absolutely wonderful chemistry with him on the show. What was it like working with him and doing all those location shoots? Where did you go? What was it like? What was the response well, to the audience? Well, uh, working, first of all, working with Christopher Burnett was fantastic because this is a man who was highly trained, who had done a great deal of theater, who uh, brought a great sense of professionalism to the set. And I, since I was theater trained also, and uh, Hofstra University, and... Uh, um, I, I, I had respect for that. So we had a mutual respect from day one, which is, I think, very, very important in forming a, 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 a basis for a, a working relationship. And we traveled well together. Um, we're bo- we were both, you know, very good going to bed early, knowing our lines in the morning, swimming in the ocean, doing all the things required. So they took us on many locations that were story dictated as well as that, you know, they, since they knew we behaved ourselves and we, weren't, and we did it all very rapidly. Uh, I think that encouraged them to write more locations, which the audience just loved. I mean, we were in Tenerife, in the Canary Islands, we were in Jamaica, we were in St. Lucia, we were in New Hampshire. I mean, just really amazing a variety of places. Um, working with him was delightful. Uh, he he was uh, absolutely every woman's dream. I mean, I would uh, most of the time when people would recognize me, they would say. Well, How's Alan? You know, I mean, it's, it's all about him. You know, which is great. You know, and and uh, so it's just a very, very, very wonderful relationship. And I'm very sad that he's no longer with us. He was a fine man. That's great. Yeah. Um, he he will be missed. I will have to well, say that. He's always missed. Yes, yes. And um, we got we got lots of people. We got people in the chat room right now. Um, this one is from Dawn. Um, she wanted to know. Do you keep in touch with anyone from the cast? Uh, Hi, Don. Yes, I do. I keep in touch with a lot of people from the cast. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm going to be going to see Christopher. Uh, I just saw um, uh, Denise Pence and Christopher Tesro last week. We just had a lovely dinner at the Tavern on the Green. And um, I'm going to see them in Los Angeles, uh, Christopher next uh, month in Los Angeles. And I'm um, Marsha Clark and Lenore Kasdorf and so many people I keep up with. Some people have lost touch with me, but that's because of where my life went, not because I don't care about them. It's just because right. I, I, my life had to leave the business for a while. So, But, uh, yes, wonderful, wonderful people. Great, great, absolutely. I, I'm looking forward to also, and I just wanted to put this out there, I'm looking forward to seeing you in a few weeks and everybody else and just, 
you know, go over some favorite moments of, of God in life. What what were what were some of yours? Um, besides the plane crash and the, the, those scenes and everything, did you have any other favorite moments on the show? I think the wedding was fun because it was a a, a real old fashioned at home wedding. Um, it wasn't the glamorous weddings that they do nowadays, but it was a wedding that meant something because it was held in the grandmother's house, and it was um, coming down the stairs, the back stairs the family being there, the grandparents, the family, and it was small. And I think that that really went over well with the audience because after falling in love on the island and the scandal of the divorce and all that, to have this personal wedding, I think, uh, cemented the relationship for Hope and Alan. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I think it's kind of funny and humorous in a way that uh, when, um, when Hope had Alan Michael, she's the only person that any doctor's ever heard of that had an appendectomy and hysterectomy at the same time. <laughs> fell, off, <laughs> fell off the ladder and all that stuff. So I think that that's, uh, that was kind of funny. <laughs> what came through there, you know. That's so yeah. funny. And and Matt and Matt actually had posted the question. We actually actually talked about this uh, a few weeks ago. Um, he wanted to know if there was any chance of you making a brief return to Guiding Light as Hope before the finale. And, and you know, I was... Uh, I was devastated to find out that you weren't asked. <laughs> yeah, I don't. No, nobody called. But that's all right. I mean, they they've gone their own direction with the show. I mean, uh, you know, if they if they wanted me, I think actually, frankly, I think it would have been hilarious had had the, almost on the last day if the door had opened and Hope was there and she said hello, Ellen, I'm home because yeah. that would have opened up a whole you know the whole audience would have been. I mean, the audience that remembers would have been very would have laughed at that. That would have been funny. It would have been. Yeah, yeah. It would have but, been. But that's, but that's life. You know, they, 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 they've gone there. On, I'm curious to see how the show's going to end. I do watch it from time to time. You know, we're all running and working and doing other projects, but um, when I can, I do watch it. And I, I think that they're just wonderful actors, and everybody involved with the show is terrific. And I, I wish everybody luck in the future. I, I, you know, they're great talent out there. So yes. I'm sure they'll all find wonderful new paths. Absolutely. And uh, let, let's uh, let's continue that, um, with that. Let's segue from that question into this one because um, it was a good point for him to ask that because a lot of people, and I didn't know this until maybe about a few weeks ago, a lot of people were wanting the character of Hope to come back when a few years ago it was revealed that Alan had another son, and that was Gus Itor, who was played by uh, Ricky Paul Golden. Right. And a lot of people, a lot of people wanted the character of Hope to be his mother, but it turned out to be someone else. Would you have liked to come back in that kind of capacity, if it were? Um, you know, I, I think, uh, I think uh, because I have such fond memories of Guiding Light and I had such a wonderful working experience there, if asked, I probably would have gone back. But uh, the situation didn't arise, so that was sort of a mute point. You know, what I mean, it's like. Uh, I think that there's just wonderful actors there that I would have liked to have had the opportunity to work with that I hadn't worked with on Dining Light when I was there, people that came on after, plus the people, you know, Michael O'Leary, wonderful, you know, uh, wonderful actors that were there when I was there. So um, it would have been a great working experience for me. And um, But, you, you know, what, what is what is. I have, I have some other things happening possibly in the future that might be interesting and mm-hmm. can't talk about them yet, but, I mean, you know, maybe something will be fun in the future. So... It would be nice. We'll see. Exactly. Now, as uh, you had you had just said, you have watched you have watched it from time to time. How do you if you watched it enough to garner an opinion about 
how this new format looks on the show? Would you? Uh, say? You mean you mean being out in New Jersey and stuff, shooting out there outside yeah. the studio? Yeah. Um, I think it's a hard format. Um, I think it's uh, it's challenging. Um, it, they, there's a lot of moving. I mean, they they made the best creatively that they could of the situation because there you know it's a lot of noise and. And and the and the and to bring it back to me in a funny way, I mean I'm currently making a documentary, so noise is always um, my big problem. Uh, sound sound problems are always my big problem, so I'm very attuned to that when I'm watching things. And they did very well, but you did always have the the noise of the traffic, the noise of whatever in the background, and sometimes that does uh, you know affect the concentration. But other, I think they did valiantly um, considering all that, and mm-hmm. um, they still put storylines through and, and brought you along with the characters and did everything they could under the circumstances. I, I don't see why the show can't continue in some way. I mean, hopefully it will one day, but uh, it's, it's just a great show. It is, and, you know, it's been on for 72 years, counting counting the, the radio years. And I, I feel, and this is my opinion, I don't know if anybody else shares that opinion with me, that I think that when people think of daytime, soap operas, the first thing they think of is The Guiding Light because it's been around for so long and people associate with, with that show and for it not to be here after September 18th, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt. I mean, it, it's, it's really now starting to affect me that it's, it's not going to be here. And with, You know, it's funny about it when you think about it. It's older than we are. <laughs> it is older than, it is but, older than we are. It's been on the air before we were born, and now it's going off the air. So that's a really that's historic. I mean, the majority of the people watching that show were not born when it began. So I mean, that's a, you know, when you put it in the perspective of that, that's something that uh, was actually always around, whether you watched it or not. It just sort of you know you start thinking about that. It's interesting, I think. Yes, and then that also brings to mind, because you said you would like to see it continue in some, in, in some way, they could have had it continue. Look at what's going on with All My Children and One Life to Live. They are moving. You know, All My Children is moving to the West Coast while One Life is moving into the old All My Children's studios. Right. And when people heard that, and myself included, it didn't really register. I, I mean, it had to take maybe like a few days to sink in, but once I thought about the move and what it could possibly be done for it in a very, very positive way, they, they were, they're, they're making waves in order to save all my children. I mean, why couldn't God and Light make the same kind of effort? You know, and I mean, this is me talking about that. I well, mean, you see, I, we don't, but also we, we're not privy to the information about why they're moving it. I mean, I, I, I read things that it was financial considerations and all that, but, uh, you have to move a cast of 30-plus contract players out to Los Angeles unless they choose not to go. So then that will immediately change the dynamics of the show if you lose half the cast. Yes. So I'm just I'm not sure what they're planning. I mean, I, I'm not I can't read their minds. It's, it's interesting. Um, I I don't know I, I don't know that if if the move was uh, um, because they might want to be using exterior locations all year round. I mean, that's it's not a show that I feel was a, a location show. It was mostly studio shows, so I'm not sure what they're doing. I mean, obviously, the minds that, you know, the big shots are figuring it out, you know, as they go along. So hopefully it's all for the best for everybody. I mean, 
these are great shows. These are great companies of actors. These are really trained people. These are, and also, a lot of these actors also do Broadway, so that will yeah, interfere. Yeah, that's right. That will interfere with them doing a Broadway play, which will be a loss to our American theater, which I'm very much uh, a fan of, as you know, because I yes. was involved. Um, I've uh, I've been involved with some Broadway productions recently in, in recent years. I was one of the people privileged to um, be an associate producer presenting uh, Sarah Jones, this unique talent on Broadway in her show Bridge and Tunnel, for which she was honored with a Tony Award. And then I, with our lead producer, Michael Alden, was uh, associate producer with his company on bringing Grey Gardens to Broadway, which brought our two lovely stars uh, their Tony Awards as well. So, I mean, I, I just do try to support great American theater and uh, talent. Um, I'm big on American talent that uh, should be brought to the forefront. And so I'm hoping that um, these people will get more work and recognition in the future. That's just great. But, I mean, so... so the, the cast that moves to California that does like to do theater or, or, or contribute to the theater hopefully will take part in the theatrical possibilities in Los Angeles as well. They have great, great theater there. Yes, I just they recently do. saw um, the great actor John Mahoney in a play at the Geffet Playhouse uh, uh, in May. He's just phenomenal, and his cast was fantastic. I mean, just there's a lot of good theater going on everywhere. So. Absolutely, absolutely. And, um, we, um, comments were swirling in the chat room um, about that. Um, I, um, Donna said that she feels that guy might went into the wrong direction, and they possibly they could have had a story where Philip could have ran into the character of Hope in Mexico, and confided in in her instead of Lillian. I'm like, some fans can come up with better stuff than. Well, it's just funny. I mean, any of us can couple with. I just the thing that always amused me is every time they had a board meeting, nobody mentioned the stocks that Hope. My Hope probably had a settlement from Alan in the divorce. I mean, didn't she have any shares? You know. That's that's <laughs> but, a good point. Yeah, I mean, I I wasn't watching totally, but I I, I never heard them mention anything about Hope having any um, influence in decisions, or even Alan Michael having her shares. But maybe I'm wrong. But I mean, it's just you know the show has to go where the head writers bring it. Yeah. You know. The, the writers, the writers, on a soap opera, is, uh, most television is writer. Uh, the writer, I mean, the writers are everything and everything. But I mean, a soap opera, definitely the head writers direct you where they want you to go, and then the networks put their input into it. But Let's, um, I, I yeah. think that's how it works. Yeah. yeah. You just mentioned the writers, and we we got into a wonderful conversation about the Dobsons. Um, here mm, go. Yeah, I want. I want to I want to know a little bit more about them. What was it like working under their helm on the show? Well, the wonderful thing about the Dobsons is I think that they that they um, they are great writers and great storytellers and and have uh, a definite direction where they're going to take you. And um, but also they start to watch. I guess you start to realize after a while that you watch them write to your strengths as well, or stretch you in ways that they think you should go. Um, uh, I had that with them. I mean, they, you know, they don't just, they, 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 they give you dramatic possibilities, I think, that are very important for the uh, audience to see the, the, the actors, the characters stretched in different ways. And I think the Dobsons were very good at that. Um, I, I really like their, their writing a lot. I wish them well. I wish we could speak to them soon because uh, I understand they've retired, but I'd like to speak to them and be in touch with them. They're wonderful people. Yeah, very, very I've, 
Love the Dobsons. Love the Dobsons. And um, also another question is, um, do you have any special Don Stewart memories who played Mike Fowler in the show? Don was funny. Don Don was Don was a great uh, uh, musical talent. Don would travel the country every weekend, really, uh, doing performances all over America. And he flew his own little plane. And uh, this is sad in light of what happened yesterday. But he had a private plane. And when we went up to New Hampshire on location, uh, we were bussed up the whole cast and crew. But the way they had scheduled uh, production back in New York, uh, Christopher Bernau and I needed to be back the day after we finished shooting in New Hampshire, and there's no way we could have gotten back on the bus and been in the studio on time. So Don flew his plane up there because he was taking part in the location, and he flew Christopher Bernau and myself back to the city and got permission to fly over Manhattan. At that time, you could. And we were playing. he was playing the music from Chariots of Fire, Mm. Uh, that beautiful music where they're running on the beach and we were dry, we were flying over Manhattan, this beautiful city all lit up and glittering, and it just it was just one of those magical things. And we were all we were all we all when we landed we all looked at each other and said that was magnificent. You know that was just awe-inspiring seeing our great city and that we all love so much and with so many wonderful people from all over the world live there and all lit up in the sky and hearing that beautiful music. It was just, you know, so we've, I've had some great little memories with him. Yeah, I wish, I, you know, it's very sad that he's gone now, too. Yeah, I um, agree. He's a very talented man, very talented. Now, um, who else on Guiding Light would you have had, would you have want the privilege to work with? I mean, I know you, you just mentioned Michael O'Leary a few moments yes, ago. Um, who else would you have loved to have worked with? Pretty much every one of them. Every, every <laughs> one of them. Yeah, they're all they're all interesting actors. Everybody, see, that's the joy of being a, an artist, is that in 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 every in every performance with every person you work with, you find different things and different elements and different things to play. So that's it's always very exciting. I mean, I, I Jerry Verdorn has now left. He's on One Life to Live. And mm-hmm. right, he's on one like this. And I adore Jerry, and, and we were great friends. But we didn't get to act that much on the show, but we did for many years travel all over the country doing publicity together. Uh, we were great friends and traveled well and laughed, at, you know, enjoyed the same things. Um, and I would very much have loved to have had an opportunity to have a major storyline with Jerry, you know, not just a peripheral one. And uh, he's somebody I would like to really act with one day again. He's just uh, wonderful. Very calm, very good actor. Very good actor. I think that would have been. Uh, I think that would have been interesting for a little Hope Ross storyline on the show because of Alan and how he felt towards Ross. That would have been. That would have been very, very good to play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a shame. It's a shame. It is a shame that he can't uh, also come back for like the the end of the end of the series. Um, well, do, what do we know? Do we know what's happened? I mean, did they tape in secrecy? Do we do, are we revealing things that are true or not true to the audience? They have to tune in and find out, right? I know, right? <laughs> I mean, it was found. It, uh, it was announced that Jeannie Cooper and and Christian LeBlanc and Young Restless will be on the final episode of Guiding Light. So who will be on the final episode? Who? Uh, Jeannie Cooper, who plays Captain Chancellor on the Young Restless, right. and Christian LeBlanc, who plays Michael Baldwin on the same show are going to be on the final episode of Guiding Light. They're going to make a nice little cameo appearance. I'm like, wow. That's fantastic. Well, really? I have to tell you a wonderful story about Jeannie Cooper. Okay. When I was first sent on the road, when I was a young little pup on Guiding Light my first year, 
one of the first places I was was at uh, some of the parents, and she was there too. And she was so inviting and loving and took me under her wing and was teaching me all sorts of different things. And uh, we, we had nice long talks about the, the, the responsibilities of daytime. You know, because it's, a different, it's a different animal from theater or just a it daytime is. show. Like, you know, I did the Brady Bunch, you're in, you're out. You know, but when you're long-term contract, you have certain responsibilities to promote the show and, uh, and, uh, and make um, a lot of people um, want to tune in the next week, right? So she was just really wonderful and warm, and uh, gosh, I would like to see her again. Maybe we'll look her up when we're in California, right? But, That's you know. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would love. Yeah. To. I would love. Yeah. To. So what have you What have you been doing on um, since you've left Since you left the show, what have, What has gone on well, in the life of Elvira? Well, lots of things, lots of different directions. When I first left the show, I moved out to California. Because I had wanted to study directing, uh, had, uh, during my years on Guiding Light, I'd gotten more and more interested in that, and I was very luckily accepted by the great James Burroughs to observe on the program Cheers and a few pilots, including, including Frasier and the Nerd and the Finale Boys and all that, and um, to learn. At the, the, you know, you sit there, you learn, you think, you, uh, you, you do your camera blocking. You see how they do the camera blocking and check it against what you would have chosen. It gives you a lot of time to think and to see how they rewrite and how they work with the writers and the actors and the mm -hmm. directing. So it's just a simply superb uh, situation. And just about the time I was about to uh, go out and start trying to um, put myself up for directing jobs in the fiction okay. world, I, I, had a, uh, I had an accident where I got a very bad back injury, so I had to come back to New York and have a pretty major surgery. And um, while I was recovering, um, my parents all started to get sick, my mother, father, and stepfather. So um, I, like so many others, and like every person, uh, had to uh, uh, abandon career and uh, be with them and care for them for many years. And then, sadly, um, when they all passed away, um, I'm starting over again. And now I'm, uh, I'm yeah. currently making a big documentary, big, it's taken me forever, documentary for the New York Foundation for the Arts, that sponsored me. Uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, I've been filming for five years, and I'm leaving in the morning to film again, and I'll be in Los Angeles in two weeks. And, um, uh, and also producing the Broadway, helping uh, to, with the theater, and um, I'm currently now um, starting to talk to people about going back to acting, which would be terrific. So That would be terrific. That was, yeah, I, I would like to do that again. Love to see you back on screen. And um, are you able to give anybody anything, some details of exactly what you are filming? Or you um, want to keep that under wraps a little bit? Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very important historic project. It's about um, a group of American children that were in a country that was... Uh, under a lot of duress at the time. And I think I'll talk about it in the future right now. I'm not going to talk about it. But anybody okay. who wants to contribute to the New York Foundation for the Arts for the Elvira Rousseau Project may get 100% deduction, <laughs> tax deduction. So, yeah. That's now, it's just, I'll talk about it in the future, but it's uh, something that's very important in my life to do. So, it's good. All right. So, everybody just keep tabs on that. Huh? Yeah. Uh-huh. tuned in. <laughs> that's right. Now, you, you travel all over America, doing a lot of, of publicity. How was that um, 
when doing that, how did that bring you closer to the audience of who watched you on the show? Well, I think one of the great things that I got to do was to travel around America during publicity because um, we would travel. I mean, I was in Fort Wayne, Indiana. I was in Savannah, Georgia. I, I mean, all over, uh, up and down, and P- Pittsburgh, the great Pittsburgh. Um, I mean, just everywhere, and I would travel a lot, uh, Tennessee, Tommy Bartlett's Water Circle, at Circus, I think we were at, uh, was great, mm-hmm. and in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, and Dolly Parton's place, uh, and you got to make appearances and meet people and talk to them about the show and what they liked about the show and bring that back to the studio and tell your fellow castmates about how appreciated they are, and, uh, and also, you know, it was a wonderful way to see America. I mean, my God. I mean, a lot of places I got taken, I I got to see the town a little bit, meet the people, get to know my country. Mm-hmm. You know, America is a fantastic land. I mean, it's so different in so many different parts of the country. Yes, it is. So it was, uh, it was lots of fun. It was great. It was really good. Do you have any, like, wonderful experiences when you were about um, traveling over America? Like, did you have, like, a fan that you could not forget when they met you saying, saying anything about Hope or anything that you were doing? Do you have any of those kind of precious moments that you keep uh, beside you? You know, I think that they were just basically always about, what's it like to kiss Alan? <laughs> like, I mean, that was basically the big thing. I mean, you know, we love you, what's your dad like? I mean, they would ask about other people on the show and what they were like. Oh, you know, I mean, we had some famous fans too. I mean, do you want to go into that? It was really funny. Let's Are let's we, let we can okay, spring it on them. We can, that off. Right. We, can, okay. we can spring that. We can give them a little tease on that one. Let let let. Well, while I was on the show, there was an article in TV Guide about what big movie stars and and uh, people of fame uh, watched uh, different shows and and. and one of the people, I won't mention all the people that watch Gunning Life, but one of the people was Fred Astaire, which I thought was kind of fascinating. And uh, That one I did not I, know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, isn't that amazing? And I'll tell you of others in the future, but I mean, uh, so I mean, it's just sort of like, we. I, I remember we were all sitting there in the studio looking at this, Fred Astaire is watching us, you know, I mean, yeah. Fred Astaire, I mean, that sort of like, it, it made it made you understand that when you were on television, actually, anybody could turn it on and see you, it's sort of funny, You were, we worked in an isolated studio, we'd go there, like anybody would go to their office every day, do your job and leave, we weren't in front of a live audience in the theater, uh, we didn't have any live audience, so we were just working the cocoon, so unless you went out to do a public appearance or read about something like that, you sort of disconnected that actually there were millions of people watching. I mean, I think we had 25 million people watching yeah. in the show. We were we were we were number one battling against General Hospital. They, they were the two to our top shows. Oh and, yeah. Uh, and we were all watching each other. You know, we were all saying, well, "What are you doing? Well, we're doing this. What are you doing?" <laughs> it, was, it was great. You got to meet all the stars from the other shows, all the great actors, and chat at different events, and it was just wonderful. I remember, I remember presenting at the Emmy Awards. I was, was Christopher Bernal and I presented at the Emmy Awards, the daytime Emmy Awards, uh-huh. and uh, the category we were presenting was Best Writer. And Douglas Marland, our head writer, won. So we got the great moment of presenting that. So that was wonderful. That was fantastic. Let's uh, let's talk about um, Doug Marlin. He was one of my he was one of my favorites. 
I mean, Fabulous. I, I yeah. grew up with him on when he was on As of Alternative and uh, never got to watch his stuff live when he was on Gotting Light. And, uh, you know, he, he was a fantastic head writer. Miss him still to this day. There will be never, never another one like him. What was it like with working with him? I'll tell you a funny story. I'll tell you a funny story. We were on location in, uh, I think it was the Canary Islands we were on location. And he and John Wesley Shipp and I and others were having dinner that night after shooting. And um, uh, we were just laughing our heads off and t- cracking jokes. And just I was just howling with laughter. Uh-huh. And he turned to John Shipp and said, she laughed. And I said, what are you guys talking about? And he says, well, you're always so sad on the show. I said, hey, you write the show. You write me all the crime scenes. You write me a happy scene. I can laugh, you know. And then we all laughed even harder. He said, you're absolutely right. I mean, I said, I'm, I'm playing with you. You can't have me laughing through a, through a heartbreaking scene. I, mean, <laughs> I said, you're writing it, Doug. He is writing it. That's true. It's like, it's like you know, I do. I, yes, I can laugh. You may write me some laughing scenes. I would be thrilled to not have to cry through another day, you know. <laughs> That's so funny. I like that. I like those kind of stories of that. And while you were yeah. saying that, um, Dawn had posted something. I don't know if you've heard this or not, so clarify. Um, she had heard that Joan Crawford called Millette Alexander at Scotting Light when she was filming, filling in for Christina, asking oh. Millette for hair and makeup advice. Is that true? Wow. That I did not hear. Melissa did not share that with me. So that's fantastic. Isn't that fantastic? That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Joan Crawford. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting one. Have to to find that out now. That and another tidbit was that legend has it Judy Garland stopped a performance once when she saw Constance Ford, who played Ada on Another World in the audience because she was such a fan. I'm like, hmm. Oh, that's so funny. Isn't that crazy? That's so funny. That's great. Judy Garland, wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. What a I, talent. And her daughter, too. My God, what a talent. Yeah. See, this is why I rely on soap fans, because all of them have all that kind of information that I have absolutely no idea about. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, it is interesting. I was just thinking about another thing, you know, because Doug always had me doing all these crying scenes. And I remember calling my mother up and saying, I'm so depressed. All I do is I come home, I want to cry. And she says, well, I've been watching you on the show lately, and all you're doing is crying scenes. So I think you're taking it home with you. You know, she said, you got to go out and see a funny movie and break the, because uh, you, you go home and study sad scenes. You go back to the next day, cry. You come home and study sad scenes. Yeah, and I thought I thought that was one of the wisest pieces of advice my mother gave me. You do really have to separate your work from your life sometimes, and really, and sometimes you don't realize when one thing is creeping into the other. Uh, uh, little things that happen along the way, right? It does, it does. And uh, one thing I love asking people who also have done theater: what is the main difference between theater and uh, and television? Because um, I think. Well, Okay, well, this is two, two different kinds of television. I don't know if your audience knows. When we do a soap opera, it was, at the time I was on, it was like three or four cameras uh, shooting simultaneously, and you would film it as if you were doing a play. I did not know that. Um, okay. Yes. Uh, a, a regular show, like when I did The Brady Bunch or Fantasy Island or things like that, or the movie with David Cassidy or Lauren Hutton, that's a single camera show. So what they would do is they would film you doing your line, they would film Lauren Hutton doing her line, they would film the two of you talking to each other, they would film a wide shot. So that's a single camera show. Now the difference between theater and a soap opera is not 
all that much different, except you're not on the stage in front of an audience in the soap opera. You're in the studio. But mm-hmm. in the theater, you know, you have to, you're doing an entire performance about two hours. You know all your lines. You get up there, you change that, all that line from the audience. In the soap opera, you do cut between scenes and move to the next set, and the actors get ready, and you do, and then you go and you film that scene. But uh, everything, feature film is usually a single camera. Maybe if they if they have a big budget, they might have two or three cameras to cover um, an important scene. Or definitely when they do special, you know, uh, explosions stuff like that, they'll have multiple cameras. But usually mm-hmm. it's one camera and the actor and the director, basically. Okay. Now, when the, you know, this is this is also an interesting thing that I want to know from you. This is just this is a little uh, trivia for you. Uh, when the show was live, would you have liked to have done Got in Life when it was live before it went to tape? Well, it's kind of funny. Um, probably not. <laughs> Why? <laughs> <laughs> because I think that's nerve-wracking. I think that even though we knew that we were live on tape, is the term they used, you didn't want to do a retake. You did one take and that was it. I mean, very rarely did we do retakes. Um, even even though you knew it was live on tape, um, you... Uh, um, it, you had the energy of a live performance, but you didn't have the anxiety of if I skip a line, I can't, you know, fix it. But most of the time, everybody knew their lines. Uh, it was funny because when I did start on the show, they did have teleprompters. The teleprompters were where they would uh, have your lines written, and there'd be a teleprompter uh, person behind the person you're speaking to rolling the tape with the lines, and then behind you there'd be another teleprompter and I found that distracting because I always memorized my lines. I, I didn't feel that I could do a performance with, you know, reading it. I mean, it's different from doing um, a speech, per se. When you're acting, you really should be in the moment and knowing your lines and, and looking at the person, looking into the eyes of the person, not looking over their shoulder at the teleprompter. But that was there for about, for a while, and then they took that away. And majority they of the did. Years was, <laughs> yeah, majority of the years were, um, you know, you just knew your lines. You did your job. But, you know, it's a hard show. I mean, you're doing an hour show in one day. People do not understand the incredible work that goes into that. When you look at an hour of primetime drama, I think they have, like, seven to nine days to shoot it. Yeah, they do. And, yes, and yes, they're doing multiple camera shots and multiple locations and all that, and most of the time we're in the studio. But when you're doing an hour show in one day, that's an hour show in one day. That's kind of a phenomenal thing, scripted, directed, blocked cameras. It's a, it's a, it's an amazing thing to do. I, I honestly, I don't know how anybody in daytime does it because it's a shame that people think of daytime as the ugly stepchild. I mean, they think like if you're on daytime television, it's like the kiss of death or something. And daytime is difficult to do because you have to memorize what eighty pages, eighty. Listen, if you if you succeed in daytime and you're good. I mean, you can do anything. I, I'm convinced of that. I mean, look at the people who just came out of Guiding Light, just to, just to name a few, Joe Beth Williams, Kevin Bacon. I mean, list of Lockhart, yeah. I mean, a phenomenal amount of very talented people went through that show. Um, so, I mean, and all the other shows. Have to, I mean, uh, Meg Ryan was on one of the shows. I mean, it's just... Um, Brad Pitt was Tom on another Tom Selleck was on another show. I mean, you have a... I mean, you look at... I'd say t- TV and movies, and I say, you know, quite a percentage of those people do time on daytime. It's a great training ground, great training ground. It really is. And it's wonderful to hear those that did start in daytime still 
talk about daytime and how they started on daytime and, you know, those kinds of moments I enjoy to hear because some of those I never even knew started on daytime until I've actually heard them say so. You know, it's amazing how many people started in the world of daytime television. And most of them don't attribute to what they're doing now on the big screen or in prime time or, or what what have you, whatever whatever genre they're in, they don't uh, they don't acknowledge that they started on daytime. So mm-hmm. it's really it's really a shame that nobody else that nobody else does that. Or not okay, though. I mean, because people move on. I mean, you shouldn't look back in your life too. I mean, it's, it's important to go forward. I think I think that's uh, a really important part of living. It's go forward. Don't live in the past. I mean, you can reminisce and all that stuff, but. Uh, if they don't want to go back to daytime, they, you know, they've done that. They've moved on. They're, they're, they, and usually when they're talking, they're trying to promote something that they're, they have, at the moment. You know, it's more about that. I mean, people need to, um, I mean, uh, you, you, you know, you can rehash. I mean, this is, this is, this is wonderful. We're talking about it because dining life's going off the air, and we're reminiscing, and we're going yeah. to and all that. But. Um, then, then let's see what everybody does next too. I mean, I hope Guiding Light does have a future life in some way. I hope they figure that out. But the, all the performers and the writers and the, the crew, the great crew, wonderful crews over there, um, producers, production, everybody—they'll all go on to very interesting things. They all come from a great training ground, and uh, and it also gives you a bravery to go out to the next thing. I think also, it's interesting what you you don't know that. Sometimes when you go through something, when you go through experience, working experience or life experience, and then you move to the next stage of your life, um, you don't realize what you've learned or are capable of until you're called upon to use it. And then you say, oh, yeah, well, I know how to do that, or I can do this, or I can cope with that. And that's a very positive thing. I think it's very important to look that way at things, you know. So I don't think that anybody who was on daytime is not talking about it because they don't want to. It's just because they're on to the next thing more than... More than anything, because most people I speak to who have been on daytime always say how amazing experience it was for them in their training. Now, speaking of daytime as a whole, looking from it on the outside in, um, lots of people are saying that the daytime is a dying breed. Do you agree with that uh, statement, or do you think that? Not at all. Not at all. I think it's just a matter of. Uh, um, I think maybe we should do a little bit more publicity out there for daytime. I think that. Um, I know that when we were on the show, we did a lot of publicity. Also, also there were only four networks when I was on. Now there's, you know, multiple choices. I think that I'll tell you, I'll tell you a couple of shows that I think are phenomenally interesting. Are, are great, uh, uh, Army Wives. It's fantastic. Love Army Wives. Army Wives is fantastic. I mean, I'm dying to be on that show. That's the show I'd love to be in. I mean, I'd love to be on any show, but but that show. Um, I was speaking with the great writer Howie Simone the other day, and Howie's a writer, and he understands the daytime and nighttime and all these things. And we were saying how on Army Wives they can even make adopting a dog a very interesting and fun mm-hmm. chapter of a show. So, I mean, it's just uh, no, having a total understanding of the human beings, human foibles, human needs, wants, desires. Um, that's a really great show. Uh, Drop Dead Diva. No, Diva? Yeah, yeah, drop that diva. That's fantastic. Also, wow. there's some great, some wonderful product out there. Unfortunately, those are on cable rather than on network. Why aren't shows like that on network? That's what I want to know. I mean, I don't know. There, yeah, I mean, there's there's a there's an inordinate amount of talent out there that's not being used. And I think there's a, 
uh, we're having so much reality show right now that um, I'm not sure what's going on. I'm not sure it's, uh, you know, I'm not sure what the what the networks have in mind for the future. Um, we'll see. Yeah, because reality shows are pretty much taking up the almost the entire airways because they're cheap to produce. You know, that that's pretty much all it is now. It's really reality TV is cheap to produce. They don't have to pay actors all this money. They don't have to worry about paying money for usage of sets and props and everything of the sort. So why wouldn't they want to? Except that they're losing their audience. I think. I think everybody. They really are. Young, young, old, and whatever is saying to me, "Oh, I, I, I can't take it anymore." I mean, so I think that that's, you know, I think they've, I, I think they've moved up. You know, another wonderful thing, Power is Law and Order, the Law and Order shows, and they are in a way soap operas too, because you are involved with the major characters. Uh, on the shows, uh, the detectives and the and the lawyers, and uh, they only let us in a little bit to their private lives. Once in a while, they let us in a little bit more, and I think that they bring back the audience a great deal. So it is so popular almost. I mean, there's a long loyalty to those shows. They're wonderful shows. Dick Wolf's a great producer. Just mm-hmm. great stuff. Really good. Here's, here's a question that uh, is kind of being like, um, bumps back and forth between online and and myself as well. Would you like to see Guiding Light go to like an internet format or back on radio? Someone said if it went back on radio, would people listen to it? I mean, it did start on radio. You never know. But well, I'll tell you something. I listen to NPR all the time, so there is a great radio audience. Um, NPR brings me a lot of information and, and you know and interviews with interesting people and arts and music and all that stuff. So um, maybe there is a, a chance for that. Uh, I, I kind of think though that people do like to see guiding light people, the characters. They do like to see the actors. I just feel, but one never knows. One never knows. The world we, is changing. We do like to see the guiding light characters. We also don't want to see the end, of course, and. One of the biggest rumors, and we also talked about this too, was how the characters of Reaver and Josh, played by Robert Newman and Kim Zimmer, would take their characters from Guiding Light 2 as the world turns. And speaking from experience, I don't like that. If that were to happen, I don't think it's going to. But if it were, I think that would be a move that should not take place. And I would like your opinion on that. Well, you know... I don't know what would I don't know that that's true, and I don't know if it's going to happen or not. But I mean, if it were to be happening, I'm sure that the producers and the writers would have a very well uh, thought out storyline to integrate it into that new world for these characters. You know, to just take them as they are, with no connection to a new show. Of course, I don't think anybody's considering that. Is it good? Is it bad? You don't know. I mean, they have a following. They're wonderful actors. Um, it just depends on the on the uh, the content of the material they're given. You know what's the uh, what's what's this? And I'm, isn't Robert in the play off Broadway right now in sessions off Broadway? I think I read about that. I know I he. I know he was. Yeah, I know he was. I heard about it. I'm not sure what's going on with it yeah. at, at this stage, but it it it's, it it would be weird. I mean, I honestly, for me, I don't know if I would be able to go through another Jake and Vicky redux kind of thing when they brought the Another World characters over 
onto another show and continue that storyline from that show. I, I, I just, I feel like they should keep like Reba and Josh where they are and have them have the storybook ending romance that they should have, which is what I felt that well, they I should mean, have done with they, world. I mean, wait, wait, I don't mean to interrupt, but I mean, have they definitely announced that they're moving these two characters as those characters, or are they both going on as new characters, different characters to a new show? From what I'm hearing, they're looking into bringing over those two as their guiding light characters of Reba and Josh. And with David Kreisman coming on as head writer, who's to say that's not possible? Mm-hmm. Uh, and if they were, like I said, if they were to make that move, I think that would been, I think that would be an awful move to make because I don't want to see those two characters ruined after their their end on Guiding Light. To me, I think that's what happened with Jake and Dick. I mean, they killed off both those characters first of all, and I didn't like that as well because now I have to think about. Now I thought about the fact that what what if a similar fate happened to those two characters on a different show now. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly don't want to have to remember that these two characters are either gone off the face of the earth, their characters were killed off. Um, you know, I also, just, I, wouldn't, it, wouldn't, it mean, wouldn't it mean the end of the possibility of continuing... Well, I mean, there are many characters on Dining Light, but wouldn't it mean the end of the possibility of Dining Light continuing on another in another way, on the radio or on the internet, if they put the main characters onto another show? I, yeah, I do think that. I mean, and you also can say that, too, with uh, Christopher Chappelle going to Days of Our Lives now, uh, oh, going back as, as Carly Manning, you know, I mean, she's involved in one of the hugest uh, storylines and one of the hugest fan bases that are out there. And using right. that uh, core character right now, if it were to continue in some kind of capacity, you know, there there probably would be a lot of backlash. Yes, I agree with that. And, you know, I, I think a lot of people would not want to see Gun and Light without the Olivia and Natalia relationship. And I feel that they could also say the same thing also with Reeve and Josh because they're a huge staple. No matter what kind of trauma and trials and tribulations that those two characters have gone through, Josh and Reva were it. And they still are it. And I don't think I don't think a lot of people will want to see them continue in another in another in another show. All right. Well, then let me ask you this question: If Guiding Light were to go to the internet or a radio show, what characters do you think that they would definitely need in order to carry the Guiding Light? Um, Josh Jamiva, first and foremost, I think, um, sh- um, should be the first two that come to mind in order for it to survive online. Uh, that's so what? Philip and Alan Philip and Alan Spalding would be another one. Another one. Beth? Michael O'Leary. I mean, the Bauer family has to be The Bauer family should be... Light. Well, <laughs> the Bauer family should be reinstated. I say that because... Mm, where has the Bauer family been? You know what I mean? And they really haven't done anything with the Bauer family until probably about this point. And that's another thing that brings to mind is why hasn't why are you now doing something for the Bauer family where you could have done something for the Bowers months ago, if not a couple of years ago? You know what I mean? Well, they're tributing out the show. You know, they're just doing what they want to do to end up the show. A lot of stories, I guess. Yeah. You know, you'd have to ask the head writer. I mean, the writer and the producer. You know, you have to ask them. It's uh, it's all it's all writer driven. I'm telling you. It's, it is. Uh, 
Can I see Beth in? The, I mean, I think she could very well be in Gathering Light if it went onto an internet format, but do I think that she's necessarily needed highly in order for her to survive? No, I don't. Well, maybe not as written now, but maybe as written later. So you never see that. That's the thing. It depends on the storyline. That's true. Yeah. Characters become important to the storyline, so it's always dictated by that. So you know, I mean, so if they go on to another show, that's great. Their fans will be happy to see them. Uh, How it's worked in is up to the writers and the producers, and uh, and uh, we can only see what happens. That's true. That's true. Only time will tell now exactly what, where everything's going to be taken, and you know everybody's pretty much saying the same thing that you should have been brought back in for the finale of the show, and not if like, and not only as if the character of Hope, but also they should do like on the last week of the show a retrospective and have. Well, they've you... done it. It's shot. It's gone. It's wrapped. The, the show's yeah. gone now. Yeah. It's, it's it's a fait accompli. There's nothing else to do. I mean, I just, I wish everybody luck. We all, we all have our hopes. You know I mean? We all, we all still had our hopes, but, you know, you know. We had, we had our hopes. We had our, we hope, did, we hope, did hope have our hopes. Hope hopeless now. We had our hopes. <laughs> <laughs> we did. I, I can't, I can't deny that. I can't deny it. We did have our hopes, uh, pun intended. But, you know, what can you do? And speaking of which, let's, uh, let's talk about this tribute show that we have coming up on the 18th of next week, actually, okay. that we are working on. Uh, for those of you who do not know, but we have been pivoting it out for a little bit, uh, we are having a little tribute show. I shouldn't say little, but uh, <laughs> we're having a big tribute show next week of The Guiding Light here on this program at the same time at 1 p.m. And Vera and I have been working on for some people to be coming on to the show and... I do have to tell you, I do have to tell you, uh, Colin was put in to Rick Hurst to make an appearance on the show, by the way. I didn't tell you that. Oh, no, it would be wonderful to talk to him. And, uh, great. So, yeah, um, so it's looking as if he, he wants to do it, so I should have the final confirmation before the week is out. But um, John Driscoll, who did play um, Henry Cooper Bradshaw on the show, he will be, uh, he will be making an appearance. Um, I know you had some confirmation, Denise. Pence and Krista Tesoro, and Howie, and Howie said that Judy Evans will most likely be making an appearance on this show as well. Great, that'd be fantastic. I found, yeah, I found that out too, and I found out that Grant Alexander is interested in making an appearance on the show. Oh, wouldn't that be fantastic? That'd be great. That'd so, be uh, great. so there's that, and there's a few others that Howie said have been interested in coming here. I don't think we should mention them yet, should we? <laughs> no, not, not unless they're confirmed, I think. Not unless they're confirmed, but... Uh, tune yeah. in and find out. Tune in and find out. We'll I'll, 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 I'll tell you all who uh, who they are once I have the confirmation that I'm not telling you now. But um, Howie, Howie Simon has definitely said there's a lot of other people who are interested in coming here. And there's a lot of people that people will remember from from the golden era of Guiding Light, as I like to call it. Yeah. And, I think people. I think people will be interested. I think people will be talking about it once those names come to. Well, it's just to nice to to remember to hear, hear everybody's little stories, 
and uh, reminisce. And uh, that'll be a nice way to say goodbye to the show for all of us. I really do. I really think that'll be great to great to have happen. And hopefully, those that we are still working on, they will make. They will come out. They will show. They will show their love for the life. So, um, just just keep tuning back into BuzzworthyRadio.net for all the information. I want to thank our guest, Alvira Roussel, for coming on to the show today. She will be back for this tribute show next week. By the way, so I want to thank everybody for calling in and all that. And I, I just want to thank you again for coming out and coming out again next week. It's a pleasure having you here. It's been great talking to you all these weeks. I'm looking forward to talking with you again next week as well. And just, I just want to thank you again. You were great. You were fantastic. I love you. And, you know. And you're, you're great, too. It was interesting talking to you. It was interesting bringing up the past memories also. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much. You take care, and we'll see you here again next week. Same time, same okay. station. Thanks a lot. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. All right, guys. We are going to wrap things up here. I want to tell you that tomorrow at 10 a.m., we're only going to be doing a 15-minute show because we're part of a radio tour with uh, Michael Cohen. He is on the new Bravo show, Miami Social, which just premiered on the 14th of July, it airs on Bravo at 10 p.m. Eastern Time and Pacific Time, and Michael Cohen was formerly of In Touch Magazine, by the way. He's now a freelance editor, so we're going to be talking to him about Miami Social, and how did Miami Social get him fired from In Touch Magazine? Yes, we're going to be talking to him about that. He also does commentary on CNN's Showbiz Tonight, so we're going to be talking to him tomorrow morning at 10 a.m., so... Absolutely, guys. Check us out tomorrow if you can. But also, I just want to emphasize, make sure you check us out on the 18th of August at 1 p.m. with this Guiding Light Tribute show. We're going to have lots of fun. We're going to have some lots of people call in and interview and talk to them about their favorite moments on the show. We're going to love to have you back here for that. So come on by. Swing on by. BuzzworthyRadio.net for more information. Check us out on buzz, uh, blogtalkradio.com slash buzzworthyradio. Follow us on Twitter at Buzzworthy Radio. Follow us on Twitter. And be a fan on our Facebook page. It's uh, facebook.com slash buzzworthyradio. It's all simple. It's all good. I'll put the links in the chat room for you if you missed out on them. But yes, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on our Facebook. Follow us on our website. Follow us everywhere. Wherever Buzzworthy Radio is, you follow us. So I want to sign off for now. But... Uh, Come back with us tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Come back with us on the 18th at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. And make sure you guys get the latest buzz with Buzzword Radio. See you guys next time. You take care, okay? Hi, this is Dr. Blockstein, and you're listening to Buzzworthy Radio on Block... What? No, I, I can't do it like he does it. I, I just can't. Yeah. All right, I'll try. <coughs> It is Buzzworthy Radio, where you can get the latest buzz on all your favorite shows and stars. Buzzworthy. <laughs> God, that hurts my voice. Can't get enough of Buzzworthy Radio. Log on now to www.buzzworthyradio.net to get the latest news on upcoming guests, past shows, and videos of all your favorite stars. Keep getting the latest buzz with Buzzworthy. Buzzworthy.